Welcome back to another episode of Important Miscellaneous Talks. I'm your host, Gosford Crossfield, and we are changing the world one podcast at a time. And today we have the world-renowned music guy. Please introduce yourself. Sonny, baby. Um, yeah, music guy, analyst. Just like to talk about music, break it down, uh, talk about artists, their careers, all that, all that stuff. So. so what are your thoughts on Kendrick's recent project? Uh, so with Message Morale and the Big Steppers, for me personally... Um, I think this is my favorite Kendrick project that I've gone from him so far. Interesting. Um, yeah, I know for a lot of people, they were expecting something different. I think for everybody, like we didn't get what we were expecting. Um, but I think for someone like Kendrick at his level, um, that should be a good thing. You know, you don't want him to kind of be, you know, recycling the old shit that we had before. Um, but for me personally, it was my favorite. Um, what I really liked about it was first off, I feel like this project was straight for Kendrick. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting some radio hits, like what we got from Damn back in 2017. Mm. But it seemed like with this project, Kendrick was really trying to get a lot of shit off his chest. Um, and for me, a lot of the shit that he was saying was very relatable. Um, and so as far as that goes, that's you know a huge reason as to why I consider it my favorite project that he's came out with so far. Do you, th- you think it's better than... Section 80, you think it's better than Damn, you think it's better than Pimp a Butterfly? Do you think it's better than Good Kid Mad City? Uh, well, I guess really depending on like what you're looking for. Um, I never really was a huge fan of Section 80. I know a lot of people are. Um, but Good Kid Mad City, I mean, that, I mean, when I think about that, that brings back, you know, good memories when I was like when I was younger and stuff like that. And Good, good Kid Mass City was really, really good. I really like that one. Um, but for me personally, yeah, I guess I guess being just where I'm at right now in my life, because mm-hmm. um, the thing about this project, it sounds more like the spoken word piece than it does like an actual, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, he, like he's spitting, but he's not like he's not really trying to give you kind of some like musical composition in the sense that he's just trying to be musical it really sounds like he's his primary focus is to be poetic um and there's just so mm. happens to be a beat in the background you know what i mean so how many times did you listen to the album okay so this is the thing so i, I listened to it when it first dropped all the way through i'm gonna listen to it a second time and then i did a review on my page and then i listened to it again shortly before we did this just to kind of refresh myself. One thing that I remember when it first dropped was that a lot of people were saying, like, after I did my review, and also just scouring the web and just seeing, like, what people were saying, a lot of people liked it, but a lot of people had a problem, or a lot of people felt like it could have been replayable. Um, And now that I've listened to it a few times after, I still enjoy it and I still think it's my favorite project that he's came out with so far, but I do understand as to why people feel like it may not be a replayable album. Mm. Uh, and uh, you also see it reflect with his sales too. I mean, I think Dam came, I think Dam had like 300 and no, uh, 603,000 first week sales. Um, to Pimba Butterfly did 324 and then Mr. Morale did 295. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, it's it doesn't really have that much replay value. There's a few tracks you could do, but again, it's not really like a it's not really like a musical composition. It's more of a spoken word poetic piece, in my opinion. I listened to it once. Hold on, give me a second. Yeah. 
And I think it's an album that has to grow on you. Uh-huh. I think just listening to it once and I think he's he's the kind of artist who you have to have the headphones in. You kind of have to like block <laughs> out two hours out of your time. Like you have to yeah. be dedicated and focused to his project. Yeah. And I always say I'm a music casual, but I know more than the average average music casual. And I'm probably likely the his most when it comes to music, I'm I'm not most people like like you and like other people who really like dig dive it. That's not that's not most people. Yeah. So I'm probably I make up the the vast majority of how people are gonna approach and and think yeah. about the project, and I listened to most projects one time and I thought it was, I thought it was okay, I thought it was, I didn't think it was gonna be I don't think it's his his best work I would argue that it is his worst project that he put out so far but even Kendrick's worst is still, a, a another rapper's piece. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So really take that statement with a grain of salt. I thought, you know, when you wait so long, the the level of expectation rises to an insurmountable. So Yeah. And and like you said, it wasn't what we expected. So yeah. when it's not something that you expect, you expected to like blow your socks off first listen, and it didn't give me that. Yeah. So there's a level of disappointment. Yeah, so were you expecting like something more from like Damn or to Pimp a Butterfly or, you know, because it, it feels like he, he took a step back with this. So like, was, is that the reason why you didn't like it or? It, it It's hard to say, because I think what made Kendrick so good is that he kind of, he shows the versatility throughout the album. I think his storytelling ability throughout this project was astronomical, even just from like from song to song, just like yeah. just the transition from song to song was told the story in itself too that I really enjoyed. But I think one of the things that made Kendrick so good is that like he showed his versatility throughout the album, where he would kind of give you like a hints of, of of a radio hit, give you storytelling, give you lyricism. Yeah, I think I was looking for more of a combination rather than just an entire book. On an yeah, album. yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that makes sense. That's a really good perspective that I never really took into consideration. And now that you say that. Um, that this project definitely does feel more like a novel, right? right? Like there's not like there there's no room for radio hits. Like I mean that one joint that he has with Kodak, um, that one is probably one of the closest ones. Silent Hill, yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe I think maybe N95 might be a close one for a radio hit. But yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. It's when you listen to a Kendrick album, you know you're going through different areas. You're going through different types of, you know forms and dimensions and stuff like that this one he kind of wanted just to keep you right there where he's at um but again i think um, i think a huge thing that we also need to take in consideration is there's also a lot of people are saying this too right now with post malone's album that just recently came out this past friday i didn't know i gotta i gotta listen to that yeah i haven't, I haven't listened to it yet but from what i've heard um a lot of people are saying this album was for him um and uh that's that's the same thing that they were saying for Kendrick that you know and I feel the same way about Kendrick's album too I feel like when you get to a certain level of success when you get to a certain number of sales when you get to just a certain level mm-hmm. right like Kendrick like Kendrick's and Post Malone's like those are extremely 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 rare uh occasions where a musical artist can reach those levels and 
like Kendrick and like Post Malone, they are consistent with their drops. Every time they drop, every time they drop a project, it's always it's critically and commercially well received. And I think for them, when you get to a certain point, people have so many expectations of you. I think when you get to a certain point, uh, things kind of get dull and things kind of get void. It's kind of hard for you to be inspired from different areas like how it was before. Mm. So you may get to a point when you're at that level that everything is just kind of building on top. The only thing that you feel like you can really do is make a project for yourself which would be contrarian being that you would expect that they would make a project for the people, but being that they have been doing that continuously with their previous projects, I feel like, again, artists at that level feel like it's appropriate. Now's the time for me to make a project for myself, what I would want to make, what I would want to do. Um, so I think with what you were saying with uh, Kendrick's project kind of being like one dimensional in that space, I think that's just something that he wanted to do. Mm. And, that's just something that he wanted to get off his chest. I mean, the dude was talking about um, family. Uh, he was talking about his daddy issues. He was talking about um, his relationships with women, sex addiction. Um, smashing were, a white girl. <laughs> yeah, white girls. Yeah, smashing white girls, especially when he was coming up, cheating on his fiance. And he wasn't paying any of these things as a way to kind of bolster himself or kind of brag about himself. He was critiquing himself. But not only that, he was critiquing, he was critiquing himself in a pretty almost detrimental way. He, he, mm. in a, like, he in a lot of ways knows and is aware that we as fans and we as a hip hop community have kind of like this painted image of him, of this really morally righteous, uh, so- sophisticated, top tier guy. Mm. Um, and to I- him, he's like, I'm not that at all, you know? And so again the timing what he wants to do getting things off his chest um and that's how we get mr morale i i definitely agree with you where a lot of artists who are already who are already well established they have a tendency later on in their career to kind of make things for them so when they do that a lot of the fans feel cheated because it's like okay we want the old such and such back Mm -hmm. for instance you know maybe the likes of eminem a kanye who some of the earlier projects the fans appreciated a lot more. And they said, like, I like the old Kanye. Literally, Kanye said, I like the old Kanye. Eminem, <laughs> Eminem fans, you know, talking about how we like his older stuff. So, yeah, I think as time progresses. But also, like you said, like, he really given what the fans want so many times. You know, as an artist, you also need to evolve and adapt with the time. So I find it, you know, kind of interesting how so many fans say, all right, you can't give us the same thing over and over again. But then when they give him something different, they try something new. They also get ridiculed for that, where we want the old person back. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's just people in general. Like people just tend to have a notion and people just, there's just kind of an idea in the zeitgeist where, you know, do what you want, be free. Uh, you know, the world is yours. Like, but really when you say what you really want to say and really when you really do what you want to do, uh, and it's not according to plan. Everybody freaks the fuck out, you know? And um, so, yeah, again, can I, you know, the cells obviously don't reflect it. I mean, 295 mm-hmm. was a huge drop from what the projections were, but then again, their projections. Um, <laughs> but again, like you said, Kendrick has given us time and time again, Rose been around for over 10 years now. Uh, he's been giving us nothing other than just what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I'm also going to say this too. Also, with him, um, 
if you heard about like the baby Keem situation, did you hear about that? Um, with uh, so it came out like a few weeks ago, like a month ago, that he's been ghostwriting for baby Keem. Wow. Um, yeah, he's been ghostwriting for baby Keem. Wow. Um, and so kind of the, the notion is the idea is uh, baby Keem is essentially kind of like the vessel that Kendrick uses to test things out. Um, to make music that he really wants to make. That he's older, being that he has kind of like this uh, this persona around him. Um, And a lot of people kind of theorize that because he was able to vessel a lot of his music through Baby Keem, he was able to piece together and kind of formulate what he wanted to do (coughs) from somewhere else. That's that's fucking crazy. (laughs) I'm not sure how I feel about that because a lot of people was on the Baby Keem bandwagon of him being so good but you know it also helps you have a kendrick cosign and then you share blood with him so yeah wow the fact that he was gross riding now really makes you damn do we really like baby king we just like kendrick well that well like that's the thing though like ghost riding is a weird kind of situation because especially when it comes to hip-hop right but like ghost riding is weird because when it comes to rap you have to be like pe- people have People, when they're listening to you spit, they have to believe that's you spitting. You know what I mean? Like, they have to believe that's you. If they have any idea that's not you or you're not really doing the things that you're rapping about or if you don't really believe it, then it kind of completely decimates the entire kind of composition of what's going on, you know, kind of, you know, demoralizes all of it. And that is true. But also at the same time, like, Baby King can still spit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that's still, I don't think that's an easy thing to do to take someone like Kendrick, even if he is ghostwriting for you, take his vision, take his lyricism, um, and pass it through, you know, like actually be that vessel. Like you still got to deliver, you still got to perform. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't want to take that in consideration when it comes to that conversation, but you know, I still think baby King could still be a massive star. Maybe he's not writing his own shit, but you know, I still think he has enough tools and resources to be a good star. So do you think in this day and age that going after classics is worth it? Like long-term, do you feel? Because I, I would argue that long-term, a hit single, like is much more, keeps you relevant for longer than a whole classic project. Mm, that's a good one. Well, to be honest. Because how, how often do you go back to a to a Illmatic? How often do you go back to a, a Ready to Die? Yeah, the chronic. Right, like, how often do you sit down and listen to a whole project rather than you out in a radio or a club or you still hear Biggie's hits, you still hear Drake, you still hear Michael Jackson hits well after they're gone. When's yeah. the last time you sat down and listened to Thriller from, from start to finish? Bro, that's the thing. I think the age of classics may be coming to an end. Um, maybe, like, since well i guess it's kind of too soon to tell because we're still so close to like the beginning stages of social media and streaming um like you know social media is like social media is completely different than when we were kids and streaming is still a brand new concept so i think it's kind of too soon to tell but it's kind of scary knowing that because of these resources music is just so fast now and out of any genre rap is the fastest so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, the other day I was listening to um, Scorpion by Drake. I think that might be close to a classic because that was a really good project. I think think Astro World might be a classic too. You said Astro World? Yeah, I think Astro World might be a classic. 
I, I, I know some people who said Astro is a classic. Yeah. When it comes to Scorpion, I, I think where Drake messed up in my eyes, he, he has a lot of hits on there. Yeah. But he released the hits before the project. Yeah. So when, well, when rappers do that, when the project drops, we almost discount them from the project completely. <laughs> yeah. We already heard them already. So a lot of people are skipping them through. We heard it a thousand times on radio. We heard it a thousand times at a party. So we don't even really count that towards the project. But because it's such a hit, it makes the numbers grow exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if there's anyone really that could come out with a classic album, it would be Drake. Mm-hmm. But I think that time has passed. Like, I think we're. You know, I say this all the time and people don't like to hear it, but, you know, Drake isn't going to be the top dog anymore going forward within the next few years. Um, who do you have? Who do you, who do you have replacing Drake? Because, I listen, man, I'm not I'm not necessarily a Drake fan. I like his music, but I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Drake fan. However, man, the man just does numbers. <laughs> like, it's, it's, at a certain point, just becomes so... Like, I hate LeBron. But at yeah. a certain point, you just become so good, you just can't ignore. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Dude, that guy, I was thinking about that this morning, too. Like, his numbers are incomprehensible. Like, the way <laughs> do shit. Like, th- okay, so CLB, bro, was considered, it's probably considered his worst project, right? Like, you know, mixed reviews, wherever. Um, but it still sold, like, I think it was, like, 635 first week. yeah. You know, and that's just Drake just being Drake. Like, you know, I remember it was, like, couple... it was promoted very well, though. I will oh, very well. And I think him and Kanye were low key in cahoots, too, because how they made up right after like, the albums dropped. Oh, yeah. Kind of weird, but oh, yeah. Promoted marketed very well. You see all, but you saw the shit that Kanye was doing, though, for Donda, right? That nigga was having a whole ass stadiums, fucking full of people, free tickets, burning fucking houses and shit, puddles and billboards. And yeah, that's a lot you of know, money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of money. He's all renting out football stadiums just to record. Like he's doing all kinds of crazy shit. Drake says, Hey, I'm a, I'm gonna release a project. Um, it comes out when it comes out. You know, I'll probably have some merch bundle here, or I'll just do some merch here, probably have a billboard or two here. Um, and he does more than double the numbers of Kanye. So yeah, a very big artist in his own right. <laughs> massive artist. And that's a thing, bro. Like when speaking about that top tier position, right? Who's gonna take that spot of Drake? Like you were saying, not only it's like the LeBron thing, not only do you have to be good, but you have to be so exponentially better than even the exponentially better tiered rappers. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like three nine, like bro, selling two ninety-five, selling three over three hundred units first or three hundred thousand units first week. Those are insane yeah. numbers. Mm-hmm. But when Drake drops, pennies. Like, you know what I mean? It's just pennies. Mm-hmm. So who's going to be able to fill those shoes? I I still think, you know, some people are going to hate me for it, but I still think it's going to be Travis. I felt like it was going to be mm-hmm. Travis before. I still feel like it's going to be Travis now. The machine, the labels, the executives, they, they invested way too much into Travis. He got the McDonald's going on. He had all that Fortnite going on. He's very promotional. A lot of companies like working with him. Um, if it wasn't for Astro World 2021, Utopia would have dropped by now. But now things are starting to get back on track. His first, one of his first performances was just over at the Billboard Awards. How, how are you going to get canceled for having a show that killed eight people, including children, and then one of your first public appearances and performing at the Billboard Awards? Like, obviously, they know they have a lot riding on him. So I think Travis is probably going to be the next one up to take that position. 
I I can see that. I think that the yeah the the the, uh, the Astro thing did set him back a little bit. I think that if he drops some more consistency, because you know Tra- Travis got some hits too, man. He got yeah. some. I, what about Lil Baby? That's a good one. See, that, 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 that was the first person I thought of. <clears throat> and a lot of people say that too. Like a lot of people say that too. Like I've I've made videos about you know who I think is going to be the next one, and there's always really a tie between Baby and Travis. Um, and this the baby is such a weird kind of enigma, really. Like he's just he came he came up so fast, so soon. And usually when rappers do that, they kind of peak really, really high. Yeah. Really yeah. And then they, they just drop. But baby just keeps bigger, 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 bigger. Um, and right now he's starting to trend well in other regions where before he wasn't. Like, for example, if he went on tour. He's only going tour either in the west coast, in the east, southeast, west coast, and he's not really going towards the mid. Um, I know that because when he went on his tour, my city was on the list, and then he took it off because he realized he couldn't sell enough tickets here. But now, I, you know, he's starting to trend well outside of those areas. He's becoming marketable. Um, you know, he's working with the NBA and doing stuff like that. So I think he's a really, really close contender, really close contender. But with him being in Atlanta and what's going on with Atlanta right now, that may kind of be like a, like a stick in his side. Uh, yeah. Gunna was really, they're done. Like Gunna, Gunna oh, no, done. <laughs> freaking finito, bro. It's, it's pretty yeah, sad. It's uh, sad. What do you think you, I, I saw you made a TikTok video about Uzi possibly falling off. Now, I think there's two there's two different things. There's this actual rapper falling off and a rapper not being at his peak anymore. Like yeah. Jay-Z, I don't think has fallen off, but he's nowhere near as popular as he was in 03. Yeah. You know, so I think there's a difference. So with Uzi, how how I how, how I judge an artist falling off is if you drop a project today, would people care about it? Yeah. And I think if Uzi drops a project today, I I'm pretty positive people would care about it. Oh yeah, well, people are. Everybody's waiting for pink tape. Like everybody's waiting for pink tape. Um, some of the snippets that he's been dropping for pink tape have been going crazy. Um, a lot of the music that he's been performing, uh, like previewing at his shows, have been going crazy. There's a lot of clips online about that. When speaking about the Uzi situation, I was I was saying specifically he's not falling off. Okay. Uh, I was saying what you were. I was saying the um the latter, which was there's a difference between falling off and there's a difference between like you're no longer peaking, right? Uzi Uzi's hype in 2016 2017 is not the same as it is now because he's no longer the new up and coming artist and that's completely normal right mm-hmm. like there's a difference between being the hottest rapper and being the biggest rapper mm-hmm. Uzi has top 10 charting hits as a solo artist and as a feature he has uh I think all I think all of them so far have been top 10 uh debuting albums right um Uzi has a massive catalog, not only within the underground scene, um, but also in the mainstream. He's able to work with various different types of artists, even outside of the genre. Uzi's good. I think what kind of gets me upset when it comes to this Uzi conversation is the reason why I made the video is because I kept seeing kind of this trend online where people were like, you know, they were just having Uzi in that conversation. Uzi does, he he's done way too much to even be considered in that conversation, mm-hmm. you know? Um, again, it's harder for you to fall off if you have accomplished so much. If you have accomplished a little, it's a lot easier for you to fall off. 
the, the sooner, or sorry, the less time and the less build that you have in the game, it's a lot easier for you to fall off. Uzi's been in the game for a long time now. Uzi's accomplished a lot. He's accomplished a lot more in, in the amount of time that he has than the overwhelming vast majority of rappers in the game right now. So just because he's not like white hot right now doesn't mean that we have to just start having him in that. We, we shouldn't put him on the clock. He's nowhere near that. I think he's done way too much for us to even consider that. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. So do you think, I think 2021 was like the year of disappointing projects. I yeah. think that CLB did not reach its uh, potential. I think Donda, the same Roddy Rich. I was really waiting for Roddy Rich to drop and I was disappointed. YB and Corday dropped early 2022, but that was a, another a well-anticipated album. So what, what do you think about what do you think about Roddy Rich and the likes of a Corday? Do you think they can kind of bounce back from that? Like Kanye and Drake, they're not gonna have an issue with selling their music, but yeah. the, the Roddy Rich and Corday might. Um Roddy, yeah. I think Roddy has enough main uh mainstream appeal that I think he'll be able to bounce back. Um, I'm not the biggest Roddy Rich fan. To me personally, I I, I think he's just kind of boring. Um, I, I like him, but I was disappointed. Yeah, he's disappointed, and he got a lot of heat for that project too. He, he got a lot of heat for that project. Um, but I I but like Roddy's really really good with people also outside of rap. Like what I'm trying to say is like being where like I live and like stuff like that. Like a lot of people don't really consider rap and hip hop as their primary genre that they listen to. But when they do listen to rap, they are listening to Roddy. So that's good. If I, they don't have, they have no idea who Corday is. So, mm. you know. Which I find Corday's, he's an interesting person. You might have to make a video on him because yeah. he, might, he might be the only artist in history with a classic with no hits. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting, man. It's yeah. so interesting. And I see some videos about him uh, calling him corny. I see some videos about him, um, how he might be an industry plant. Yeah. He has like so much. He's beginning like so many co-signs from people in the industry that they try to yeah. turn him almost too hard. And so what, what do you think his issue is with his career taking off? Well, one, I think I think he was really lucky. Um, I think Corday's talented. I think he's a good artist. Mm. But there are aspects about his career that are just just kind of like luck, right? So, all right. Well, if you YBN, Jay, Namir, and Corday, like these aren't childhood friends, right? Like these guys didn't grow up together. They're not like buddy buddy or anything like that. Um, met off of GTA online, um, and I think that's where they met Corday. Or Corday came. I don't know. I don't think he came in that way. But either way. He was able to be part of a group that blew up around that time because Namir blew up first, then Jay blew up, and then and then Corday was or sorry, Namir blew up first, and then Jay, and then Corday kind of came around out of nowhere, and because his style was different and people kind of felt like it was a lot more sustainable, uh, people kind of considered him the more um, better rapper. Then there's also the fact that he drops his debut project and is Grammy nominated, which never fucking happens, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, debut projects may, you know, they may get like big numbers, they may have hits on them, but it's not all that. It's not every day, you know. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's very rare. It's very, it's rare. very rare. So, 
Okay, he's very young. And he's a, very, lot people, very, a lot of people felt like he should have won too at that. And it's a good project. It's, it's a good yeah, project. Yeah. So he's very young. He's really like he's very young, all that jazz. And then he gets Grammy nominated, um, which is huge, right? So he's 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 essentially kind of considered like a B plus tier rapper who's ready to transition over into the mainstream. He's already Grammy nominated. Okay, well that looks really good on your resume. Then he's dating uh, what's her name? Yeah, the tennis star. Yeah, yeah, that tennis star. I know her. It starts with the N, and her last name starts with an O. I forgot what her name, like Osaka or something like that. Yeah. Um, and she's really good. And you know, people kind of paint them as like this, you know, the the like the Jay Z Beyonce power couple. Oh, yeah. But for like the younger generation, you know, what I'm saying like if you don't want to be talking about you know Zans and all this other crazy shit that a lot of young people, you know, you can look at them as like the good wholesome kind of like open minded conscious black empowerment kind of couple you know what i mean so that's really good for promo but kind of like jack harlow you kind of realize well they can come out with a hit or two but when it comes to building a good solid like a good body of work, solid one um it may pass at the lower levels like while they're coming up but when they get to a certain level of expectations in the mainstream um again that like the the talent level is just so high. The competition is just so fierce. Okay, the shit that you were doing before, okay, that worked when you were coming up. But now we need something different. And I don't know if Corday, as of right now, has the tools and resources to do that. Again, he came up really, really fast. He had a lot of luck kind of coming up. A lot of things just happened the way that they did, and they kind of just kind of boosted his persona, his clout, and that kind of bred certain expectations that he needed to meet when he dropped his project that he just didn't. And I think this one sold like 27, uh, 26 first K yeah. or yeah. first week. And then his, his debut did like 25. So it's, he's not really moving the needle right now. Yeah. I'm not sure how much mainstream appeal he had. And, and that, and that sucks because when you don't talk about the hands and the drugs, you yeah. might not have that same mainstream appeal. You know, we don't, you know, especially him being young, you know, we don't want to hear all the conscious do right stuff. You know? <laughs> we want to, he, he doesn't, we want to hear something that we're going to hear at a party, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Hip hop, hip hop and rap is a, is a party genre. Like people forget that. Like literally even the actual conception of the genre was made at parties. Like it, it's supposed to be a social mm-hmm. you know, genre mm-hmm. to listen to, you know? So, you know, the conscious, the conscious, it's cool. Like, you know, I like it, but you know, it, it's something that you listen to when you're by yourself or if you're you gotta doing... be in the mood for it. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be in the mood for it, you know? And um, again, I mean, Corday is good. He's talented. I think if he gets enough of the right people around him, um, maybe some songwriters around him, maybe some producers outside of his circle that he's more, not really used to working with that we can push the boundaries a little bit more. But as far as Roddy goes, I think Roddy is going to be straight again. Roddy, I think he's kind of a little bit. He got yeah. You know, he's a little, he's a little solidified in his position right now. Um, and again, he has a lot of mainstream market appeal. I, and, and he's talented enough too. So I think, I think he's going to be good. Corday could do it, but he has to do a lot more work than Roddy. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So how much do you use record sales as a valid argument as to who's the top of the throne? Because a lot of people, you Drake clearly, I think he's almost in a league by himself, by himself when it comes yeah. to record sales. 
but then some people may not consider him the best in the game. So how much do you use that as a measuring tool? Well, okay, well, rephrase, like, let me ask you again, like, but like in a rephrase, like, as in like, who is like the best rapper, or, like the most talented, or like, do you just mean like, as the, the best, the best rapper, the best rapper. And do we mean that from like, kind of like a musical sense, I guess, or just overall? If that makes sense. Oh, overall. Overall, um, I I could I consider it a massive one. Um, look, the numbers that we see are never real. Those are never. There's streaming farms. Uh, there's a lot of backstage politics. I heard streaming farms are a big freaking thing, man. They're pr they're pretty much becoming their own industry, and if they're not already, yeah. You know, there's people who legitimately invest and like that's what they do. Like you know, they have these massive uh, streaming farms um good money too <laughs> good money, you know and labels and all of them and like they they really invest into a lot of that shit so if it's not already in the industry it will be soon um also a lot of backstage politics um favors deals you know blah 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 but at the end of the day everybody does that right so like drake does that too but so does kendrick so does Kid Cudi. So does so did well. I guess Wayne doesn't really count as a streaming artist, um, but so does Dirt, right? Like, or at least their teams do, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So, with being that this is a playing field and everyone's doing it, because at the end of the day, this is a business and numbers really do matter. Like, yeah, like I consider it a massive factor now. As far as like when it comes to like the quality of work that they're producing, I mean, that really at the end of the day is subjective because music is just subjective in its nature. What I may, what I may like is completely different than what you may like, you know, or we may have some uh, similarities on some of the artists or some of the music that we listen to, but overall music itself is so subjective. You can't really measure what's good music, what's bad music. You know, some people could listen to something like Hanada Trash and love the noise music. Um, Someone can listen to Bob Dylan and love that. Um, so you can't really measure it, but mm. when it, but what you can measure is numbers. And even though the numbers that we see aren't really real, at the end of the day, if you consider the fact that it is relative to the entire industry, okay, well, if he's doing everything that everybody else is doing, but he's still getting these numbers, okay, mm. well, then that does speak volumes or something, you know? So I, I consider it a massive, 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 factor maybe a primary factor in some cases because again at the end of the day artists want numbers labels want numbers executives want numbers fans are going to take you a lot more seriously if you have numbers mm -hmm. um a huge factor if you're falling off is if you don't have numbers <laughs> numbers, numbers numbers how much how, this is entertainment how many asses can you put in seats how many tickets can you sell how many ratings can you get you know if, if i'm an executive if i'm an you know if i'm an a and r if i'm a manager um, if I'm working in the industry from a financial point of view, from an investment point of view, I see artists as investments, you know, artists in a lot of ways could be considered like stocks, you know, Hey, it's not, it's not cheap to be an artist. It's not cheap to be a musician. So somebody has to invest in you and they want that return back. And the way that they do that is by the reflection of sales. So I, yeah, sales is a massive factor. A lot of people may not like that, but it's, it's true. It's a massive factor. Definitely. Uh, some people out there try to disregard sales. Like you just, you just can't, you just can't. Disregard you can't. Like people with LeBron, like I, I hate LeBron, like I mentioned before, but I can't disregard stats. Like yeah. 
I can't. It is a big factor. It's not the only factor, but it is a big factor. Massive factor. And again, that's the closest thing that we're going to get to a measurement of mm -hmm. actual production and actual success and progression, right? Like when we were talking about Corday, we know that Corday is not progressing the way that he needs to be, or at least at the rate that he needs to be, because his debut sold around 25 first week. And now his sophomore sold around, you know, 26, 27 first week. When looking at, you know, someone like Jack Harlow, okay, Jack Harlow had probably one of the worst projects of the entire year. <laughs> you think it was that bad? <laughs> well, yeah, everyone, I think, I think people, I mean, we were like getting to like halfway through the year, so we have some time left, but I think people will probably consider his project the worst drop that we've had so far. Like that probably the year, unless something worse comes out, right? Like a worse expectation. But this is the thing though. His debut dropped like 55 first week. His sophomore, the one that he just dropped this year, uh, I think it was like 125 first week. Yeah, I think well, what helped Jack out a lot is his personality. His personality has a lot of mainstream appeal. Corday, not so much. No. I think yeah. that that's the big difference. And Jack, you see him more and you see him collaborating with other big mainstream personalities like the likes of a Drewski. Yeah. The likes of a Drake. They they like him and they they speak to him and the bros at the basketball games. Yeah, like you yeah. see he's he's in he's in he's entrenched in the culture, man. Oh, I think I think that's kind of also the reason as to why I think he gets a lot of hate that he does is because he's the white boy in rap. Oh, of course. I mean that 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 that's always gonna be there. That's he's yeah. Kentucky. That's always gonna be there. But I th I think he'll be able to. I think he'll be able to bounce back. I think he'll be able to bounce back. And he's made some good music, but we also we have to see a level of evolution as well. That's what I'm saying, right? So when we were talking about um, the Corday situation, he's like Jack in the sense that, okay, what you guys were doing when you were coming up, that works, right? A lot of people consider uh, not the project, not his debut project, not his first studio album, but the one before that, um, when he looks like a kid. I forgot what the name of it was, but that would be that would be his fifth album, technically. But, you know, that quality of work sounds kind of just what we have now. But people consider that project a lot better. But that's also because they're also taking consideration whether they realize or not, you know, he was a lot younger than he was still coming up new. resources to make better music. So that was acceptable for where he was at currently in his career. Now that Jack is fucking going to the Kentucky Derby with Drake and that nigga is, you know, flying all around the world and working with the best engineers and the best producers and everything like that. The expectations for his projects were a lot higher. Um, but again, he still had a number one out of it. Um, he debuted at number two. Like mm. that's still an that bro. That is not an L. Um, I mean, it, it depends on how you look at it from a sales yeah. point of view. Like numbers, he's, yeah. he's likable, so he has that going for him. But I think what they're gonna be a much uh, harsh on his third project. They're gonna be yeah. harsher because they're 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 gonna be ready for it to fail now. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also definitely needs to find a way to just get back in the good graces of people because now the conversation about Jack Harlow is, oh, well, the only reason why he's so popular is like what you said, oh, his personality, you know. Um, because he's white. He's white. He's white. Uh, women like him. Like, he's he's attractive, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. It's not really necessarily the music. But they weren't saying that a few months ago. They're only saying that because he dropped and he made trash. So he has to find a way to kind of disvolve that, that conversation about him.
it's almost, no matter who you are, it's almost as if the haters are ready because as soon as it dropped, it's like, well, Jack Harlow was never that good at rapping to begin with. Yeah, exactly. It's a smooth white boy that y'all gravitated to. <laughs> exactly. And I called it too. I, I knew that was going to happen. Um, I made a video about it back in March. I knew it was going to happen because I'll see in bits and pieces of it and it usually starts like that and then it starts to snowball into something bigger. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then come his drop, boom, everything exploded. So, you know, hopefully you can come back, but we, you know, we got to wait and see. That's the thing about a lot of artists. Some, some can just make it and some can't. Kodak is one of them. You know, Kodak was going through a lot. Then, you know, people thought he was falling off or that he already fell off and then he came back and now he's, now he's featuring on Kendrick's album and shit. So we got to see. Yeah, definitely. So sometimes that gap can really hurt you. Like, you know, I think, I think it hurt Corday. That you know, oh, yeah. waiting so long to to drop Roddy can hurt into a certain degree. Waiting so long with rap, it's 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 tough to stay relevant because you need to be so damn consistent. So consistent, uh, yeah. So damn that, consistent. It's it's funny that you say that because like the more that like you know I do like my TikToks and stuff like that is, um, I really realize like I don't really think it would be that fun being a rapper. No, I, I, yeah, I don't really think, you know, like, okay, like, you know, like when like I do the research on them and I kind of like get a better idea of like how things are operated. Um, also when like, you know, when people contact me and stuff like that, and I kind of get an idea of like, kind of like behind the scenes of how things really do happen. Um, it's like, dude, this does not really seem like that that you know there's a reason why these niggas are smoking as heavy as they are there's a reason why they're doing what they're doing a lot you know like it's it's kind of like it's stressful bro like you know hey if you don't want to work a nine to five because you don't want to be on a schedule then i don't think being a rapper is going to be for you because you're on a schedule literally 24 7 mm -hmm. and you're not going to get any sleep and you're always going to have that constant pressure of always being that person who has to deliver you know, they, I remember 2 Chainz saying that he always feels really stressed out after he has a hit. He's like the worst. He's like the times where I'm not having fun, the times where I'm the most stressed out, the times where I'm not enjoying myself in my career is the, like is when I get a hit because he knows that he needs to deliver after that, you know. Mm. So, you know, it's a stressful. It's stressful. I don't know. Yeah. If I was to get into music, me and my friend joke about this all the time. I get into like some country or pop. You yeah. never see them in no beef. You never see them as stressed, man. They they yeah. can take, they can take some time off. Like there's some country music stars who are still relevant in their seventies. Oh yeah. Never been in no beef or at no life threatening beef anyway. These rappers die before the year twenty five, man. I oh. definitely get into one of those genres, man. Yeah, definitely, bro. Being a rapper, and that's the thing too. Being a rapper, like, like it's not only that you're just making music. Like you're also being a member of uh, an actual like close-knit community if that makes sense or not even close to community but you're being a member of just a certain type of community of people mm -hmm. but being part of that community also entails certain expectations that you have to abide by that don't even have to consider music at all right like if you're gonna be a rapper a lot of the times you gotta move heavy like that that's just the nature of the genre it doesn't really kind of you know, some rappers don't have to do that because they just kind of position themselves that way. But a lot of rappers, they still kind of have, you know, people around them that move heavy or they, you know, they're they're in communications or they have connections with people that move heavy when they go to different cities. Like 
a country artist would never have to do that. Like, Willie, yeah, if Willie Nelson went to like Montana or something, like he wouldn't have to tap in, like he wouldn't have to check yeah, in. Yeah, you gotta check in. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have to check in. You know what I'm saying? Like he would just fucking go to Montana. But rather, <laughs> you gotta check in. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta make sure you're with the right people before you can go to this club or before you can go to this area or before you got to do this. That's stressful, dog. It's, that's stressful. You know what I mean? Like, so being a rapper itself is like, it's, it's an actual, I don't even know how to say it. Like, like job, no, not job, but like, it's an actual, like, like individual living. Yeah, definitely. 